The war was lost, the treaty signed. I was not caught across the line. I was not caught, though many tried. I live among you, well disguised. I had to leave my life behind. I dug some graves you'll never find. The story's told with facts and lies. I have a name, but never mind. Never mind. Hi everyone and welcome to this Legion podcast quickie. Uh, I am Duncan McLeish. Uh, I am I'm joined by my colleague from a, a podcast which is exclusive on the Legion podcast network. It's called Duncan and Bo Come Correct. Um, it is the incomparable Bo Ransdell. How are you doing, sir? I am doing well and I am real curious about the direction this discussion is going to take. <laughs> right, so uh, to put people in the picture, we decided we do we do a podcast that comes out. It's just started back at second season. Uh, if you've not checked out that episode, you should. Um, it was pretty awesome. Uh, the premise of our show is that we both pick movies for each other that the other one hasn't seen. And uh, we review them on the show from our perspective, seeing the movie for the first time. And then at the end, we decide who made the better suggestion. We score that up, and uh, over the course of the season, uh, a champion will emerge. So it's generally we have been on the same page about everything. I think we have a very similar movie taste, and um, but we also watch a lot of television because television is just brilliant at the moment. It's probably the golden age, yes. uh, as as a lot of people have been saying, very much so. Um, and last year, one show pretty much stood above all others. It was the the basically it was the Highlander of TV shows. There could be only one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's it's really remarkable. The uh, I, not to step on your introduction of the show, but that mm-hmm. first season of True Detective. Spoilers: We're talking about True Detective. That <laughs> is maybe the best single season of television I can recall ever. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it is. I think ever. I think um, as it stands, it is just as an absolute. There's nothing I would do to change it. I think it's absolutely perfect. Um, so we are a, a year removed from that. Uh, we both loved it. And um, of course, the inevitable second season comes. It's an anthology TV show. So basically, we're in a position where we are starting with a brand new story with brand new characters, completely different time frame. Um, so we, we now have True Detective Season 2, which um, debuted this week uh, and um, we decided that it might be a cool thing to do, is just do like a kind of recap of each of the episodes um, every week for the next eight weeks um, and give you our thoughts where we think things are going uh, and we'll probably be proved wrong because uh, I was proved wrong all the way through True Detective Season 1. Every time I thought I knew who the killer was, it wasn't. Um, so I think we could end up that way. Uh, so that's that's basically what we're going to do. And um, Season 2 kicked off with uh, with its first episode, The Western Book of the Dead. Now it's worth noting that every single um, episode will have been written by Nick Pizzolotto, I think is how you pronounce his yeah, surname. That think, seems right. That seems right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, he wrote them all, and unlike the previous season, which had uh, Kari Fukunaka, who directed every single episode, this season will be directed by several different directors. Um, 
the, the, the first episode being directed by Justin Lin, um, who is kind of a prolific director now. He's, he's done a couple of Fast and Furious movies, but I'm fairly sure he's just been snapped up for the new Star Trek film. So he's, um, he's obviously a well-established Hollywood director. And also um, did the paintball episodes, or some of the paintball episodes of Community. Just FYI. Did he? I didn't. Yep. I did not know that. <laughs> there we go. So, uh, yeah. So, um, basically, the, the season has kicked off. It's a brand new season, like I say, with brand new characters. Um, this, this season has... I would say, uh, whilst the previous season was more focused around the, the, the two characters played by Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson, this one has pulled in a, a plethora of, of names from, uh, from Hollywood, uh, most commonly, uh, I will, sorry, most notably, uh, Colin Farrell's in this one, Rachel McAdams, uh, Vince Vaughn, um, are probably the highest names there. Yeah. This guy, David uh, Morse, Taylor I Kitch, think is. Had, yes, yes, yeah, David Morse is, and that was one of the strangest things I've ever seen him as some sort of guru hippie god. Um, <laughs> can you believe that? I was like, you play police officers usually, sir. What are you doing? <laughs> so, right. Why aren't uh, you detecting? So uh, what we'll do is we will do the synopsis for each episode as listed on IMDb when we do these. Um, these reviews and um, the first episode in season two was called the Western Book of the Dead. The synopsis, the disappearance of a city manager disrupts a lucrative land scheme and ignites an investigation involving three police officers and a career criminal who is moving into legitimate business. Um, so this is a weird one because I, I tried my hardest ball coming out of this one try to push out the memory of their the first season yeah i mean of course because i i had said um you know many times that you we were talking about wreck i swear to Mm -hmm. god this applies we were talking about the movie wreck (laughs) and we were talking about uh wreck four in particular and we were saying uh it was jamie and i were talking about it uh and i was saying you know it's unfair to expect that any sequel to Wreck is going to be as good as Wreck. You know, you mm-hmm. just can't judge it against one of the high watermarks of that kind of cinema. So mm-hmm. I felt the same way about True Detective. You know, the the first season, like I said before, one of the best series, if not the best series ever to appear on uh, television. Um, so going into this, I, I tried to have very managed expectations which word this is it's yes it's the same writer but it's a new cast it's a new story it's a new location you know i i don't care if it's as good as the first season as long as it's just good in its own way yeah because i mean that we said before and i think we said last year actually when when we were doing one of the shows together that if if every single season of true detective from now on is mediocre that first season is standout. It's landmark television. It's about as good as it gets. We still have that season. You know, oh, I mean, yeah. I, oh, nothing yeah. can ever take that away from us. So, I mean, I, I, I was quite good at managing my expectations of this one, even with the some really interesting casting choices. Um, I was really interested. The one I was most interested of was Vince Vaughn, because Vince Vaughn is an actor who started his career with immense potential and then just let it go. And I think... 
a programme like True Detective, by its very nature, is set up in such a way that actors, I think, can really kind of stretch their muscles and try different things. Um, and so, so he was the part I was most looking forward to, because I know that Colin Farrell can play, you know, unhinged fucking psycho cop he's done it and he's done it in other other things um so i mean i I wasn't i I think i think i think what we came away my personal opinion before we get fully in depth what what i came away with this one is i didn't hate it as much as apparently the majority of people on planet earth hated it um because this was dry the 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 comments that were appearing on facebook on twitter that the the hold this over the coals um in quite a spectacular fashion but it's by people that i I mean when i watched the first episode of true detective i don't know if you remember this bo i watched that first one and then i appeared on a devour the podcast and on that episode i said to you Bo, I don't know if you've checked it, True Detective, and you said to me, oh, that's actually, it's just started on HBO, and I was like, yeah, you kind of need to watch it. I'm just saying, yeah, yeah. yeah, you kind of need to watch that show. Um, But I remember reading the comments of the first two or three episodes of the first season of True Detective, where people were saying, it's laborious, it's slow, it's plodding, we're taking far too long to progress the story. Um, And it's funny because I'm reading a lot of these comments, and... um, it seems to be a mix of people saying it's it's slow, nothing really happens in the first episode, to extremes of we've we've, we've done too much in the first episode, we've introduced too many characters, um, you you know that they've set they're kind of showing their hand early, and I didn't feel either way about that. I, I mean, the way I came in on it was my my biggest criticism overall of the first episode is that. I felt it overall kind of lacked a particular straight course of, you know, of of narrative. It's yep. been because we've obviously got three main detectives this time from three different police authorities. I, f- I felt like we were we weren't spending enough time with any of them really to to get to that point of where we kind of see by the first episode of the first season of True Detective, and I really don't want to keep jumping back to that one, we kind of knew a bit about Rustin Cole's character. We kind of knew he was unhinged, um, but at the same time, we kind of knew that he was heavily philosophical. And we, by that point, also kind of knew that Woody Harrelson's character was very much a, a man's man, ideal cop, but had his demons, you know, like to play on the side and all the rest. And I think the character development of them in that first episode is handled very well. There's a few things hinted upon in this first episode of season two where I'm like, that's really fucking interesting. I can't wait to see how that unfolds. But we were just given a teaser of that. And then in other scenarios, it felt like we were given quite a lot of information, um, which at this stage, I can't piece together with anything because you know how True Detective's written. This is going to be a big, long story arc. It's basically set out as one giant movie that at the moment I'm trying to focus on everything that's happening because my mind's now trained. That's how you watch True Detective. So I'm trying to pick out all these things and it just felt like at times it wasn't as focused as I kind of thought it should be. But out with that, I enjoyed all the characters I saw on screen. I thought there's a really... I mean, it's set in LA for a start and it's very difficult in my mind to do a TV show or a movie that's set in LA which doesn't feel like David Lynch has had his fingers all over it or someone like Michael Mann or something like that, you know, because certainly the colours in the poster that I saw 
like at the beginning of the year when they went through Detective Season 2 and you had those bright neon colours and I was like, oh, that's some Michael Mann shit right there. Um, you know, Right, and, and I got no problems with Michael Mann. Or no, early no, Michael no, Mann. I, 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 later stuff, maybe yeah. not so much. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah but, but very steeped in that, that neon, very uh, uh, tropical colors mm. and you know that sort of thing and you didn't get you didn't really get it though you know what i mean the colors were all very vibrant and then we jumped into it and it wasn't really like that and it, it kind of there's one bit and we need to talk about this and then i'm going to shut up and let you come in here both <laughs> because i'm monopolize this conversation because i just have so much to talk about already. sure sure yeah um, but i was kind of watching it going you know as we well, like i say it's weird to do something tv based in la and not kind of feel special if it's dark and not have some sort of lynching comparison because lynch has obviously done that before mulholland drives a clear example um you know of that sort of idea and i kind of thought this you know it doesn't feel lynching at all and then there was one three second clip where there was a giant maltese falcon head in a car, which yeah. was completely out of place, it landed for two seconds. My jaw, you could have heard it off the ground because it was it was just a moment of what the fuck is that? Why is that there? That is the weirdest shit I've ever seen. And then it was gone, and nothing was mentioned about it afterwards. And that is straight up David Lynch. That is like the most David Lynch a TV show could get without being David Lynch. But they never focused on it afterwards. And I kind of get the feeling that this show, this season. Is, I mean, the story feels a lot linear. It feels less esoteric or occult to the previous one. But I don't know if that's just because we're just being introduced to something. There's certainly something ritual about how the killing happened of the character at the end. His eyes have been burned out of his eye sockets. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I mean, obviously we'll jump back in and kind of cover the main plot points. But I mean, how did you, right? You watched the episode? Oh, sure, sure. I've watched it twice you, now. You as said, a matter of fact, I'm the same. I've watched it twice. I watched it again uh, last night just so I could kind of. And the second time I enjoyed it more. Actually, if I'm being honest, the second time I was kind of I felt myself less on tender hooks and more kind of settled in. But I mean, what was your? I mean, what was your overall overall impression of that first episode? Yeah, I think overall. Overall, I, I was surprisingly neutral about it. Mm. Um, I thought, it, just, just to speak to the differences between one and two, and, and like you said, I'm going to try my damnedest not to do that a ton, but yeah. you can't help but compare. You know, it was so good, it was the first season, you know, how, how do you avoid at least a little bit of comparison? And in this case, I felt like with the uh, the, really the whole of season one, it was sort of a, a murder mystery or a, a mystery rather by way of William Faulkner. You know, there, mm -hmm. there were certainly Lynchian tones and that sort of thing, but uh, you know, there, there was something kind of weird and slightly mystical about it. And, and you had two characters that you were introduced to immediately that you understood at a pretty base level, almost, almost immediately. And, mm -hmm. One of them was Rustin Cole, who I think is one of the most fascinating characters that's been in anything ever. I, I just think that's yeah, a great agreed. character. And you get enough of the back and forth with him and Woody Harrelson and enough establishment, like you said, of who these people are, not just superficially, but maybe underneath, that it was incredibly compelling. 
Um, I felt like in season two, episode one, I, I, I don't know that I particularly liked any of these characters. Like every character on the show feels like they're at the end of their rope. They're just, yeah. you know, and, and maybe that's intentional. I'm just saying <laughs> that it doesn't necessarily invite a viewer in when every character mm-hmm. is miserable, you know? Uh, like Woody Harrelson's character for all his faults was sort of gregarious and funny and, and you got into that character and you could kind of play the part of the audience seeing Rustin Cole through Woody, uh, Woody Harrelson's eyes. Um, yeah. and, and in this series so far, I don't know that we have that character that is relatable. You know, mm-hmm. whether it's, uh, Taylor Kitsch, who is a returning, uh, serviceman who has been mm-hmm. injured in uh, foreign wars, which I don't know if you knew this, Duncan, we tend to get involved in a lot of wars in the U.S. And he is... I'd heard, I'd heard something about it, uh, you know, just anecdotal, though. <laughs> sure. It, it hasn't been in all the papers yet, but it's going to be big, I think. Um, <laughs> so Taylor Kitsch is this scarred, possibly um, either impotent for physical reasons or psychological reasons or something yeah. so that was that was viagra he took wasn't it yeah yeah he was he was buying time to get it up so that he could yeah have sex with his beautiful beautiful latina girlfriend and not so, confess so he to her. clearly yeah so he clearly didn't i mean that was the thing i thought because it's implied in the first episode that he he's he's been suspended because he stops pulls over an actress who is wearing one of these um, uh, probation tags on her leg, and she kind of basically says to him, you know, if you drive me home, we'll work something out, uh, insinuating sex or something. And the next thing we know, he's been suspended because she claims that she's given him a blowjob, which he denies. Um, And then I kind of thought at first, I was like, all right, maybe... Because all the indications we've seen of all the other cops is everyone's pretty pretty damaged um, and at first I thought that but then I saw him take a blue pill and I was like that looks like Viagra and if that is Viagra then obviously has issues getting up and if he gets issues getting up he probably didn't get the blowjob from the the actress yeah yeah he seems to be the guy who's kind of straight and narrow but even this character you know there's a, a, a scene um, leading to the end of the show where he jumps on a motorcycle uh, which he's a, mm. a highway uh patrol officer or chip as they are sometimes called if they're eric estrada um (laughs) that he is barreling down you know this california highway at night shuts off the lights and and is screaming and you get the impression that you know he's suicidal that he's he's Mm -hmm. but that's kind of my larger point is that we could take any of these characters and I can immediately show you how they're damaged and how they're, uh, you know, going to have to claw their way out of the mire of the life they're living. But yeah. I'm not excited about that because none of them have the kind of weirdness and, and intrigue of Arrest and Cole. Uh, yeah. Um, so I, I think there are some character problems. Um, that, But it's first episode. So, yeah. It's difficult, isn't it, really, in that first episode? I mean, True Detective did it well, but that was because there was only two characters. And this one, they have so many characters, and they only have an hour to, you know, each episode. So, and I I, I get the feeling that it's not the sort of show that is going to dedicate an episode 
to really fill in the backstory of a character, plus trying to move along with a murder mystery, which has happened. So I kind of, I kind of feel like on some level they've done the right thing in that they've said if we'd just done because the original idea for this was it was going to be I think it was two female police officers, so it was going to be another buddy cop sort of scenario, and I always, I always kind of felt that that was kind of the wrong step because you've just done a show with two cops you need to kind of do something different if you really want to do the anthology thing and try and separate it from it so they've given us three cops but they've given us characters of interest out with so we have a uh, colin farrell's character as a, a police officer who in the past his wife was raped and she has given birth to basically a bastard um they're now separated his character got information by Vince Vaughn's character, who's kind of like a, a kind of, a, 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 well, basically, like it said, a career criminal, yeah, who gave yeah. him that information back in the day as to who did it. Um, and then there's this kind of Colin Farrell says to him, you know, what do I owe you? And he says, I maybe ask for a favour sometime, maybe I don't. And there seems genuine concern from, I actually thought um, Vince Vaughn was brilliant. Uh, I actually really enjoyed Colin Farrell's performance as well. Uh, I thought they were an unlikely combination, and when I saw the, the scene with them in the bar, both scenes in the bar, actually, I kind of felt they played quite well off each other, um, yeah. considering it's an unlikely partnership of you know actors. I would never imagine those two in a movie or anything together. Um, but obviously when we jump into the future, we find out that basically Colin Farrell is now on the books. He's on the books for Vince Vaughn. This has moved beyond it. But the, their interaction later on, there was still that kind of real concern from Vince Vaughn. I mean, he tells him, you know, do you have a, are you seen someone? You really should see someone because it'll ground you. Um, you know, get rid of that kind of base instinct that you've got. Even goes so far to say that they're trying for a baby. He's, you know, trying, um, sort of various different medical fertilisation techniques, IVF, etc. So you get the feeling that even though Colin Farrell's not overly receptive to the conversation and maybe just Vince Vaughn feeling that he's comfortable enough to speak around him, you kind of feel that there's a history between those characters, which is quite interesting. It's nowhere near as interesting as what we've had in a previous programme. But I, I really want to know how you go from... I might call in a favour to basically it looks like this guy's been on the books for a while and not only has he been on the books but he seems quite comfortable with himself being on the books. I mean it's said quite early on in one of the episodes that he's a, basically considered a crooked cop and they say it out loud um, and then you've got on the flip side of that you've got a Rachel McAdams character who her story to me was the, the most messy because she's investigating uh like at first she breaks into a porn den uh which she finds it's actually not a porn den as such it's all completely legal her sister's there who's apparently a wee bit crazy and off the wall they find that there's a girl missing which leads her to a father who's like some sort of spiritual guru at some sort of resort somewhere and she was once member of that kind of cult i suppose we can call it that and she's broken away from it she appears to have some sort of demons as well. And the thing that I found most interesting about her character is when she's suiting up to go out, she has like about seven hidden knives on her. Yeah, yeah. She, uh, like, so she, to me, is the most dangerous character, even though we see Colin Farrell beat the shit out of the father of one of the kids who in has the best, bullied his child. Yeah, the best scene of oh, episode one. 
is I'm just fucking amazing. Is him with with a, a you know thirteen year old kid in a headlock, <laughs> kicking the shit out of the kid's father in front of him, and saying, you know, you yeah. watch this, you watch what he does for you. He's doing this for you. And yeah, oh uh, man, that it, like it reminded me of Big Lebowski. Remember your point when a. <laughs> <laughs> when they're destroying the car and uh, John Goodman's character screaming at the kid, this is what happens when you fuck another man in the ass. <laughs> it kind of reminded me of that in a wee bit. Very kind of Coen Brothers-esque. And there was something quite funny, but at the same time, fucking horrific, because he's got brass knuckles on, and he's beating the shit out of this guy because his son has been tormenting his not legitimate son, but the only thing that I think Colin Farrell thinks in his life is actually good. You know what I mean? That's that's his anchor, so to speak. And I thought that was really quite... There's a brilliant sequence to him as well, which on some level made me smile and laugh, but at the same time is creepy as fuck is when he goes to beat up the reporter and he pulls a balaclava on his face and he turns around and looks at a woman who's out her face and crack and he just puts his finger over her, his, his lips and goes, shh. Like that, and then walks up the stairs, kicks the door open. I love the fact that they don't show you the fight, they just show you the, the blinds <laughs> getting yeah. kind of pushed. Um, I love that. I thought that was brilliant. Did you notice that every scene from the trailer was in the first episode? I did notice that, and actually that's why I that's why I didn't let's see when I watched the f- like the first episode for the first time and then I watched it the second time it's why I'm not like totally bearing down on the show like a lot of people are because I legitimately don't know anything from this point onwards. I knew bits and bobs from the trailer, but I know nothing now, and that excites me. I, yeah, I I totally agree. I I I'm not ready to get out you know the pitchforks and torches for this show yet <laughs> myself. Um, I think it's got problems. I think the characters aren't as compelling as we've seen in in the first season. Um, I do think the most interesting relationship is Colin Farrell and, and Vince Vaughn's relationship. Uh, I I also had a little bit of a, a problem with the direction. I felt like un, uh, mu- like Carrie Fukunaga's direction is almost seamless. It's very inobtrusive. Yeah. It's just there to capture what's happening, and there are very stylistic flourishes. Like uh, you know, good lord, that that one shot at the end of what was it like episode eight maybe um but the the big matthew mcconaughey single shot through the neighborhood and over the fence yeah, episode, and four. All episode, episode four, four. Yeah, wow episode. okay I, yeah, yeah totally wrong um <laughs> half as many episodes uh but <laughs> that shot is remarkable but you almost have to have someone point out to you like oh they're not editing you know mm-hmm. and i felt this episode felt very directed and it, and by the time you get to the end in in the reveal of the city manager and and the at least kernel of the, the main story seems to be that there's this big deal that's happening it's a federally funded uh, uh construction plan the city manager um has gone missing hasn't been to work in a couple of days and everyone's kind of looking for him and you get shots of him in the back of a uh one assumes a limo uh a nice yep. car and and like you said, you know, you see this weird falcon head, which I, I you can't not think that's a reference to Maltese Falcon. 
And yeah. there are definitely some Chinatown vibes coming off this show. Oh god, this is yeah, this this has got Chinatown written all over it. Yeah, and I, 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 I love Chinatown. I think sure. it's a fucking amazing movie. So, um, but yeah, I, I caught that pretty quick. I caught the fact that there there definitely is that kind of nod to the kind of neo noir sort of surrealist sort of not quite you know everything being as as it is seen from from a kind of superficial point of view of David Lynch, definitely in there as well. I thought the the score once again, our, our man's back yep. doing the score for uh, this one. I thought the score was incredible. And in I uh, loved opening. Yeah, I loved opening credits, even though it's a uh, what's his face, Leonard Cohen. Yeah. Um, I loved that as well. I thought that was great. Title credit sequence, great. Um, yeah. I, I I mean, I I I think I come in pretty much with what you're saying. I kind of feel like the direction, the director, sorry, didn't direct the episode in a way which did feel like it was a a fluidic story. It kind of felt like, and it doesn't surprise me this guy's come off of doing things like Fast and Furious because that's kind of how they did it. It kind of felt like there was cuts in places that, I was like, right, really? And the camera changes to why we changed to that camera? Um, and it felt overly directed, but not in a way where it's like precision, but overly directed in a kind of messy way where it kind of at some level, when you're sitting thinking about why a scene looks the way it is, it means the story's not being conveyed in the right way. Um, and that was never an issue in the previous season. Uh, yeah. In the previous season, you, I, if anything, you spent more time absorbed in the story, and it was just an afterthought as to how beautiful it was shot. Oh yeah, yeah, and and like the last shot um, that I was alluding to that that bothered me, I think the most is the one where you know you finally have the Taylor Kitsch and Rachel McAdams and Colin Farrell all around this body uh, that's been discovered on a bench by Taylor Kitsch. And, you know, his eyes have been chemically burned out and all that stuff. And, you know, here we have our city manager. So now we have a legitimate murder mystery. And Mm -hmm. there's this shot where they're all kind of looking from one to the other. And the camera is, you know, focusing on each one as they look and and so forth. And you had kind of a similar scene between Vince Vaughn and Colin Farrell, although I think that scene works better. But... Yeah. At the end of it, I, I felt like there was this very directed scene where it wasn't about the characters meeting each other and responding. It w- it almost felt like the director giving you that wink uh, to the audience, saying like, "Here we go, kids." Nose. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Two, two on the nose. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it, it doesn't. It, that scene in particular didn't have the subtlety. I'm almost wondering um, if a different director would have made that a better episode. Like, I like a lot of Justin Lin's stuff. I I really do. Mm -hmm. I just don't think the style of direction was right for this episode. I I wish it had felt more noir in its execution, in its cinematography. Um, You know, the script seems to be making nods to very noirish sorts of themes. Um, mm-hmm. And you can even argue that the, uh, the the first season is sort of a southern noir, you know, a southern gar- gothic yeah. kind of noir story. Um, and, and, and that brings me to my final complaint of the evening, uh, which is I think the setting of Los Angeles just isn't as interesting as the rural south. Um, mm-hmm. Because, you know, the, the first episode opens in this big field and there's, you know, this horrible thing they discover and yada yada. But at the end of it, uh, the end of season one, you felt like you had been on this tour of, of just places you would never see. 
And I don't, again, I don't know that I get that feeling from season two as of yet, because it all just feels like Los Angeles kind of gloss. And even though you're seeing, you know, the girl smoking crack and whatnot, you know, it's still L.A. And it's Mm -hmm. still civilized. And maybe that's it. Maybe that's the word I've been looking for. It feels like you're you're telling a story in a civilized place and there was something wild and sort of, you know, it, there was a bit of a tease in season one of, of something being supernatural. But I think it was really more, as you put it, esoteric. It was really more about philosophy. Yeah. Um, and I just, I don't get that sense mm-hmm. out, out of season two yet. But it's first episode. And now that we've established the characters, we, we yeah. have not seen or I haven't seen a frame of what is to come in season two. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm in the, in the same boat. I, I'm, mm-hmm. I wasn't blown away by the first episode, but I didn't hate it. I just thought that it was a little messier. I didn't think it was as professional and polished and, and, and unique and weird and all that stuff that I thought the first season was that being said, taken on its own merits, it wasn't a bad show there are things that are intriguing about it. I wish there were a lot more of those things, but there's, mm-hmm. there's plenty to, to pull me along into episode two. I'm curious where it's going to go. I wish someone on the show would crack a joke every now and again. <laughs> uh, and, and I'm not saying Vince Vaughn, I, who I think is kind of, you know, fine on the show. And I, 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 I do like the character of the, this kind of rough and tumble criminal who has risen to power and is, in a very Godfather two kind of way mm-hmm. is now trying to go straight and legitimize his business. And, you know, the way he puts it is, uh, you know, our grandkids are going to be from old California money and won't even remember where it came from. But that's what this deal on the table is with, uh, the, the federal, the federal construction and all that stuff. So, um, it, it's interesting. I I I wish it had the quirkiness of the first season already. Mm-hmm. It may get there. Um, I mean, once you go into the city manager's place and he's got a bunch of uh, fuck toys laying around, and mm-hmm. and I I'm <laughs> not I'm not convinced that the 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 Falcon mask wasn't uh, like part of a costume or something. Maybe yeah yeah yeah. And yeah, so yeah, I, you know, I would say to the people who are. You know, it's the fucking internet, man. Everybody loses their their shit over <laughs> stupid stuff, and you know, drums up all this false outrage. I don't think you can mm. be mad at a show for not being as good as the preceding season. And it may turn yeah. out like this is just the low point of the season, and by episode five, everybody's going to be punching each other in the face about how good it is. Yeah, like, like they did the first one, which is how we express our joy here in America. Um, <laughs> But uh yeah, so I'm I'm curious. I'm not I'm not totally sold on the on the experience of season two yet, but I think there's enough there to uh to, to keep me watching for a little while longer for sure. Although this could be the just the shortest series of podcasts ever whereby like episode four both of us are like, you know what? But I <laughs> Right, right. I'm not gonna watch the end of this season. It's boring the shit out of me. I, I hope and I I wouldn't expect that's gonna be the case because nah. uh, you know, uh Nick Pizzoletto Pizzolatto, Bueller, um, he is uh, he has shown that he is an, a, a very talented, very gifted writer. Um, I, I, there are some clunky parts in in this first episode, but you know it, there, I can't imagine we're not going to have those moments uh, throughout this season that are going to make it worth watching. Like I would recommend the first uh, the first episode of this show 
just to see Colin Farrell slip those brass knuckles on and beat the ever-living oh, yeah. shit out of another human being on yeah, camera. Yeah. It is... Brilliant. Yeah, it's fantastic. I. It was one of the happiest things I'd seen in a while. Especially <laughs> when he gets in that kid's face at, uh, at the end of that scene and says, like, mm-hmm. 12 or not, fuck you. And then yeah. takes off. And, and it's like, man, here's a drunken, grown-up cop. <laughs> Who has just committed about four different crimes. And and I'm kind of behind it. I, I just wish not every character was so fucked up. Like, I, I'm, I'm happy to have that character on the show. I just mm. wish there were the other side of that coin where you have the character who's more of the, you know, take it easy, let's go with the flow. You know, and, and the, sort of the Woody Harrelson character, which I, I think you kind of need on a show like this. Uh, just yeah. Just so everything's not horrible and depressing. Because right now it is. Everything yeah, on yeah. that show is horrible and depressing. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll see. We'll see where it where it ends up. And uh, like I said at the start, we'll be back here every week uh, for the next eight weeks, um, giving you our thoughts and opinions of each episode. I dare say, when we start getting more of the story, the speculation of where we think things are going to go, uh, we'll start coming out. And uh, I'm looking forward to being proved wrong many, many times. Um, and uh, like I said at the start, both myself and Bo, we do a show together. Duncan and Bo come correct. It's exclusively on the Legion Podcast Network. The first episode of season two is up. But um, if you listen to that and kind of feel that you need to listen to more, you want to listen to more, there are 13 episodes of the previous season, which um, was just gold. Every single movie we watched was a recommend. Um, and so there's a wealth of movie reviews out there for you to listen to as well. But until then, we'll be back next week. Um, anything you want to say before we go, Bo? Uh, only that uh, my predictions for season two, I'm just going to go right out and say it. Aliens. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going we're gonna to end up with <laughs> aliens. Um, I feel pretty confident about this. And, and my completely insane supposition is going to inform our discussion here on out because I will be trying to tie everything back into alien conspiracies. Right, you can have alien conspiracies if I can have mole people. I yeah, I think we should just take those two stances <laughs> and duke it out of like clearly this episode is proving my theory that aliens in fact are somehow controlling the US government. And then you can be like, you know, bullshit. Or, I don't know, however you would say it. (laughs) I'm going to stop trying to do an impression of you, because it always just... I sound like I've taken a blow to the skull. (laughs) That's pretty accurate. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I can't really argue that. Uh, So, yeah, so we're going to be back in a week's time uh, to give you more on uh, True Detective Season 2. I like to think of it as True Perspective. A true perspective season two the truth is out there ladies and gentlemen um until next week please take care of yourselves we like to say goodbye to the listeners please bo yes bye listeners bye <laughs> this has been a legion podcast Ooh, quickie